I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. I remember that for 100 years they have sent their armies to destroy us. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! I'd like to share a revelation that I've had. Let me tell you why you're here. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. Being the one is just like being in love. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. No one can tell you you're in love. You just know it. Through and through. Hear that, Mr. Anderson? That is the sound of inevitability. My name is Neil. My name is Trinity, and you better take your hands off of me. Welcome, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> you seem surprised to see me again. You freed me, Mr. Anderson. It is purpose that drives us. God, I'm so excited to talk about Smith in this episode. Oh my god, uh, I'm excited for uh, this whole like episode. To be honest, like I, I have been looking forward to this episode. Like it's uh, uh, eagle-eared listeners may remember that I was fucking exhausted when we did our last episode. Not this time. I had a full night's sleep. I am brunch high still. <laughs> double I, uh, double brunch double, up on a Monday. Double double secret brunch. That um, was that you had brunch and then you had brunch reloaded. Right. <laughs> and brunch reloaded. Wait, I, I, hold on of, now. I thought oh, this, oh. We've, you're publicizing your secret brunch. <laughs> they are. I promise you. I can just put this at the end of the episode, and I also promise you that neither of those two would ever listen to a podcast let okay, alone so this podcast. all right got it got we're it safe. got it we're okay. safe i had to explain to jen what a podcast was okay um, yeah we're definitely safe like eight months ago like this we're is definitely not safe. a starter podcast no 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 if you're listening to a podcast about the matrix reloaded you're probably not new to podcasts. Yeah, probably. Speaking God. of The Matrix Reloaded, that's what we're here to talk about today. It's the, God damn the sequel to 1999's The Matrix. It came out in 2003. Uh, do you want to talk about your your history with it before we really get into well, it? Well, in order to do that, I'm going to need the exact date. It was released in the USA on May 15th, 2003. My junior year. <laughs> oh, gosh. My apologies. I am a stoner. That's a carryover from the other podcasts that I've been on. But, yeah, that, that's still canon. Uh, throwback. I was 17 years old. I was wrapping up my junior year of high school and senioritis was already setting in. And uh, uh, I this is going to sound a little odd. I know 2003 was a pretty big summer. Oh, no. I remembered the other movie. I couldn't remember seeing any other movies. And then I'm like, oh, wait, X2 is pretty good. Yeah, that counts. But, um... <laughs> well, so, I mean... 
going on whenever that came out i guess these movies are are just over 20 years old now right this 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 we celebrate the the anniversary of the matrix reloaded uh, about what two months ago and in another four months we'll be celebrating the matrix revolutions so happy birthday 20 years going strong but 20 years ago i was like gearing up for senior year and i saw this after school on a on a friday afternoon i want to say and me and all of my friend, all my my nerd friends that always talked about movies and killed each other in Halo constantly, we were <laughs> all so excited uh, 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 for this because we all loved the first movie. And then we get to the theater and it's great, and we've got our giant four gallon sodas. And it was oh, the, yeah. the far back year of two thousand three, <laughs> so tickets were only like six dollars a pop. Ah um Jeez. it was ah oh, golden times the, the world was better um yeah. but, uh, <laughs> um and I then yeah you know, not great not great but better well well yeah 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 god damn what did i say the other day on another podcast it was uh my memory of history is more accurate than facts and i'm like oh no this is the first step onto something <laughs> I I know I'm doing a bit. You're but about like, to say back in my day, <laughs> uh, as was the style at the time. I had an um, onion around my belt. <laughs> I take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it, um, the uh. So the movie started and then it ended and I turned to my friends and said, that was awesome. And all my <laughs> friends went, that was garbage. What the that, fuck and that, was that? That is the essence of this podcast. I feel like like that's how you knew <laughs> in that moment you were destined to make this podcast when you yes. were the only one in that entire row of theater goers who was like, that ruled. And they're all I'm like, pretty sure awesome. I was, I can, I can honestly say because I'm still discovering new bullshit about this movie, even now, I can honestly say I was just as confused as everybody else in that theater, but I enjoyed that experience. Yeah. So it's fun to be confused. This is uh, this is, this movie is the ur text of my, of my personal queerness, even though I had zero idea of that at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, which we've, which we've previously established on this show. Yes, you knew, uh, but you didn't know. Like a uh, line, I saw it like another four times in theaters that summer. Um, I I would I dressed as a neo that Halloween. I sprayed nice. my my short spiky blonde hair black and tried nice. to talk like Keanu Reeves, which I just imagined to be emotionless. Had I dressed. <laughs> If I had my druthers about me at the time, I would have just gone full Bill and Ted's like, oh, whoa, dude. Whoa, just Morpheus. Like... Whoa. <laughs> um, but I um, fucking it, love this movie. So I always have. God damn it. 2003, notably. The, so The Matrix uh, came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else came out in 2003. <laughs> because 2003 gave us uh, Matrix Reloaded, uh, Matrix Revolutions, The Animatrix, Path of Neo, and Enter the Matrix. 
all in one year, right? God almighty, what a fucking great year for me and a miserable year for everybody so, else. So, yeah, 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 great for us, uh, for everybody else. Uh, so, yeah, about 80% of the entire franchise is from that one year, I would say. <laughs> uh, this 2003 was the year of the Matrix. In fact, somewhere in this house, I wasn't going to talk about it this episode anyway because it's uh, 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 goes into a lot of bullshit that isn't recapping the movie. But somewhere yeah. in this house, I still have my copy of Time magazine from uh, from that month, where oh, wow. uh, it was the white background with like four or five of the character posters like interlaid throughout mm. the. So it's like fucking Neo and Morpheus on Time magazine. That's amazing. This kicks ass. Person um, of the year. <laughs> I need um, to get that framed. Yeah, because Return you of the King came out later that year, and that cover also kicks ass. But. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so 2003, I, I did not see The Matrix Reloaded in theaters on account of uh, I was three years old, and so <laughs> that was actually the year that I started going to movie theaters, though. That was my first movie that I went to see at the theater, which uh, my parents brought me to Finding Nemo. And, oh, that, yeah, uh, that, about, I was know, about to ask, why would I even bother asking? Got 20 minutes in, got, you know, too scared and had to leave, but, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Is it is that the sharks? Is twenty minutes was, in the sharks? Yeah, it was about that. I do. I, okay. But I, I have a memory of seeing like the the knickknack, the short that played before it. I, I remember enjoying that. So at least I had some time before I before I lost my shit and had to That's, leave. Was that was your first movie ever in a theater? It was. It was my first. That's movie amazing. Ever in a that's that's a pretty good experience. I like that. Yeah, it's brief but good. But yeah, the Matrix Reloaded I saw for the first time uh, probably later in the same year that I saw the Matrix for the first time. I looked back in the chat logs of um, of DMing uh, Charlie, the co-host of Mr. Shack. Look back, good oh, friend. Hi. Um, hi. Uh, DMing like them for my experience of watching uh, Matrix Reloaded, and a lot of it is. Just- <laughs> A lot of a lot. There's a lot of question marks in those messages. I'll tell you that. Because um, oh, Matrix wonderful. Reloaded is the thing that I that benefited the most. I think from rewatch because the first time I oh really my didn't God, care yes. for it. The first time I watched it, it was like there were maybe like two things I liked, and most of it I was like, oh, it's. it's, it's and then uh, I rewatched it, and I liked maybe half of it. And then on this most recent rewatch, cause then that was the rewatch with, with you that we watched all three mm-hmm. that I, that I really started like that. I, I fully, you know, came around on that movie, uh, on this movie. And then, you know, this watch, I was like, all right, I would say I like, you know, 75, 80% of it. Now. Okay. Um, good, good, good. Although, so, so watching it with me, a psychopath who loves this movie, me, uh, what was it? Was me, me too. Oh God. <laughs> He just goes full ham in this he movie. Does. We'll get there. We'll get there. We, oh, God. We will. We will. We will. Jesus. We'll get there um, in his own episode, too. <laughs> um, this, I feel like there's going to be multiple Smith episodes. There will. I mean, every episode is a Smith episode, if you really think about it. If um, you really... It's Smith lives in your heart. Yes. Um, <laughs> and sometimes he plunges his hand into your heart and makes... Ah, it. nothing like a good old Smith fisting. <laughs> yes. Smith Smithsting. Something like a smisting. Oh, I hate that. So your Can chat logs, a lot of middle? question marks. Yeah, my chat logs had a lot of question marks. Uh, but then, as I watched it with you, and then and then just just thought more about it and rewatched it more and more, I'm like, the problems that I have with this movie, I don't actually. I know we were talking about a title for this episode being "The Matrix Reloaded" is a confusing movie. <laughs> I don't. Yes. Actually, I don't actually think it's confusing. I think if you pay attention, oh, no. it makes sense. 
it's just kind of boring sometimes. Oh, it's, yeah. It's... Oh, yeah. I I showed these movies uh, uh, to my dad a couple of years back um, because uh, uh, largely during uh, uh, lockdown and, and everything, um, um, I ran a podcast with my dad where we would just get high, watch movies and talk about them. Yeah. And it was a blast because I got to show my dad shit that he would never see in a billion years. And he Especially very much not sober was, I mean, look, there's something great about watching John Wick chapter two and seeing a dude get hit by a car and both you and your dad both go, Oh, yeah. at the same time. That does sound um, magical. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, dad's a, an ancient hippie at rules, but I showed him the first matrix. Cause I figured, Oh, he, you know, it's the matrix. It's yeah, one of it's those perfect perfect. movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's like, he'd love that shit. And, and he did love that shit. Um, and then I showed him the sequels yeah. because it, it, it suddenly, the ones that were out at the time. Then. Well, yeah, the, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm still in the habit. There's a third fucking sequel. I'm still in the habit of saying the sequels and just meaning the 2003. No, but it, it does. It makes sense because, like yeah. you said before, Resurrections is very much standalone. Like it, it, it really is. Um, it, 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 yeah, I, I, I knew what you meant. I was more clarifying <laughs> for the listeners. That's understood. I have a microphone in my face. I did all of the technical audio setup for this episode. I spend a lot of my time trying to edit podcasts when i get locked into these conversations i forget all of that i'm like oh i'm just talking about a movie yeah yeah like oh yeah people are are, yeah Yeah. i have to keep i there's something in my brain says i have to keep it on topic but that's literally the only because normally i like the ebb and flow but um my gosh uh (laughs) yes you showed him reloaded I sh- but before I showed him Reloaded, and especially before I showed him uh, Revolutions, I said, Dad, I love doing this show with you. I love these movies. These are not good movies. Uh, yes. They've got some buckwild action that I know that you will love in it, but you got to be ready for really boring philosophical conversations to go on about two minutes longer than they should Oof, each and every single that's time. Generous. Yeah. Yeah. Two to three, I'd say. Or 10, you know, who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, did you take a stopwatch? Who should take a stopwatch? To oh, we, somebody should. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the, the consensus that I've come to is that this movie is a mess, but it is an ex- extremely fun mess uh, for, for most of it. But like I was saying before, you know, this movie makes sense if you pay attention, but the problem is that you are not motivated to pay attention. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The first movie uh, explains, has a lot of exposition to do, has a lot of expositing, and as we covered in that episode, as I praised, it does so with really interesting, unique, memorable imagery and visual storytelling. I mean, just think about Morpheus holding a battery up to the up to the camera <laughs> like that explains so much visually and, and so much of them going into the program uh, and, and explaining things that way and this one has a lot of sitting down talking shot reverse shot back and forth conversation and that's how they do a lot of the expositing and it 
it's harder to get an audience to retain that information. Naturally. Oh, very much so. Um, part of my grand theory as to why these movies don't work quite as well is because of the devotion to wearing the sunglasses. I completely almost, agree, because that's yeah. the first thing I noticed about pulling this up on on Max, formerly HBO Max, RIP, was yeah. that, was that like, the poster for this isn't great. Because, <laughs> um, you know, remember how you could see Neo's eyes and identify with the character? <laughs> Yeah. Not anymore. You can't. No. No. None of their eyes are visible. I. I will. I will personally go to bat for like the individual character posters, where it's just true. yeah, that's the true. Dark white background, and then a, uh, 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 especially the ones that were in the theaters at the time. Um, it was a bit of a close up of each character where their face wasn't fully in frame they were yeah they were see shot. that's cool i like that yeah, it was like from the the just below the eyes like a teaser poster yeah but the but, idea that the idea that for the all the different poster, characters the idea that the main poster does not have like any character eyes visible like makes it look like a neo and trinity are about to say they're on a mission from god like, they <laughs> <laughs> like i mean technically Technically, yes. Technically, yes. We're on a mission <laughs> from the one. <laughs> oh golly, that's but perfect. yeah, it's it's. You're mm. right. I think people would be would be way more on board if if that simple. It you know it, way it, of there's no end the point. The yeah. the first movie works, and to a certain extent, the fourth movie works really well because they both serve as like entry points to their respective worlds mm -hmm. like in the first movie you have to establish the world in general and then in a fourth movie you have to establish the updated world yeah the it. way it's changed this movie specifically reloaded is largely set up for the third movie to happen and then a wicked ass car chase happens yes well no it's not there's there's other wicked ass scenes in here I mean, yes, but like largely most of up leading up to that car chase is set up for the, yeah. the third movie. Honestly, the, the plot of this is incredibly thin, um, the, the driving force, because it's basically we have intel that the machines, uh, Sentinels, the squids, the evil squids from the first movie, the, the machines are going to, they're, they're, they're making a big old drill. They're tunneling right into Zion, mm -hmm. and that's... That's the threat. That is the looming threat that will get us through the next two movies. Is up. They're drilling down here. They're all coming down. A bunch of really, screens. really. I re it, it. I do like the idea uh, uh, that you are. I, I, I assume pitching here is that in two thousand three, we would have been bookended by instead of doing two matrix two two hour matrix movies. Let's say one three hour matrix sequel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. So we yes. we would have we would have been sandwiched between the Matrix, uh, 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 re whatever it would have been called, Matrix Relovolutions. <laughs> oh God, it's I don't like the mouthfeel to that. That sounds mm, yeah, mm, feels good on my cool. tongue. And the and the Animatrix, right? Uh, no, sorry, Return of the King, the other three hour massive. Oh, that epic. That people were anxiously awaiting. Um, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it when we cover revolutions, but it's like 
in the case of, say, Back to the Future, those are two that was written as one script and then realized it can be two distinct movies. And, and they are. They became two distinct movies that justify being individual films. I don't think uh, these two do. They really don't. They really don't. They're not... <clears throat> I feel like there are two good movies in here. I think it's really with yeah. the editing rhythms... Yeah, oh, uh, for sure. Absolutely. The biggest the biggest issue I think is the cutoff point to the end of this. Mm-hmm. I think is the biggest issue. But um the the looming threat just kind of being a lot of sentinels is like I do understand in universe like that is a big threat. Sentinels are are a big deal and they're sending a lot of them, but it's like Yeah. Like imagine if instead of like a Death Star, it was like the Empire is sending so many stormtroopers. They're just sending a lot of stormtroopers. <laughs> like, there's so many of these guys. Like, there's a lot of them. Like, it's not it doesn't feel as monumental as it should. I, I that's exactly what playing a Star Wars video game feels like. Yeah. yeah. That's every Star Wars video game. Yeah. It's literally just infinite stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> um don't get it twisted i love that shit personally yeah. and again i love these movies i understand why people don't like them is yeah. is i think what we're trying to establish for sure for sure for sure okay and yeah. um uh, why you 25 percent don't like this movie yeah, yeah just, right. i gotta say i think i like this movie more than i like watching this movie because i was Absolutely. even texting I, I I was texting you as I was watching it. It was like, man, you forget how front loaded this is with just conversation. I was way more <laughs> excited to talk about this movie than I was to watch it. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But... I will go back and watch the fight sequences just by oh, themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's Especially what you got to do. Yeah. The now method that I get that... the 4K with my like own personal IMAX set up, I'm like, yes. Yes. The method, the method that that friend of yours uh, showed you to watch the first Matrix, that's yes. actually that's actually the ideal way to watch this movie. <laughs> he was preparing and, you for this one, and then you read the philosophical conversations later on a PDF. <laughs> on a PDF, yeah. <laughs> Which um, uh, I, I I have, uh, I do have the uh, the actual, not the shooting script, just the actual script uh, to the Matrix Reloaded, uh, queued up and ready to go. I gotta say. Uh, just calling the shot a little in advance. The formatting for the architect sequence is my favorite thing. God, <laughs> um, I can't even imagine. Uh, boy. Um, but yeah, the, so the the group, I guess the the rebels. I don't know. They don't really have like a, a name. Like they're the denizens of of Zion. Like I don't yeah. want to say. I don't want to give them a name that refers to Zion because um, yeah. there's a group of there's already a group of people with that name and, and they're not very nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a little painful that that's the name that I really that's I had seeing. a note I have a note here it's like I really wish we saw more of Zion and also that it was not called Zion. I <laughs> Okay, here's where we're going to get deep lore for a hot second. The machines yeah. named their city 01. That's right. So it's supposed to be some sort of like, it's like poetry, it rhymes. Also because it's zero one Zion, it's I-O in the center. So it's one zero right. instead of zero one. It's just, so it's, 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 it's didn't, it didn't quite land. It didn't I quite get, land. I get it. But that word, yeah. 
it's loaded, you know, and it's yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that there's a lot of religious, you know, allegory here. But and also what I noticed is that Zion culture seems really interesting. And you need there's this like it's like they have these like almost like priest figures, they have prayer, they have like these ceremonies, and, and we didn't really we didn't see much of any of that. And it's 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 weird thinking that we never actually saw Zion in the first movie. You, you don't really think about that. We we get the promise of Zion, or at least a reference to it. But you don't but even yeah, need... We... That movie functions fine without seeing Zion. And in this movie, it's like, oh, it's kind of boring. Um, so I guess we didn't really need to see yeah, it. It's, like, it's, <laughs> built like, it's built like a bloody fucking huge submarine. Yeah. Every, everything's kind of docking bay and yeah. cave. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, I thought the cave stuff, I think the melding of the organic and the like almost like future primitive combo thing was because, you know, they are in the far yeah. future, but technologically they're at the disadvantage because the machines, you know, control everything. So they have, I mean, they're building a lot of stuff back from the ground. We're, we're Monday morning quarterbacking this thing pretty hard. Um, we're like funny. Thursday evening quarterbacking yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's like, I yeah, the integration of those two visuals would be compelling. What if you put the, the ships in the caves? What if everything was just caves, man? Yeah. Why does it all have to, like, I don't know. It does, oh, it well. leads to that. I do like that conversation that, uh, that Neo has with the, the counselor. Oh, God. Like, you mean the most boring sequence in the movie I, uh, I think that I have decided I to zero scene. in on? I think it's oh, a good God. scene talking about, like, the interdependence of, like, what does control really mean? Like, do we control... You right. say we control these machines? Well, yeah, like, we could destroy them if we wanted. Yes, but what about our food, our air, our water? Like, we depend on them, they depend on us. And it, I think it leads really well into the, the rest of the franchise, and it, it opens up some interesting ideas, genuinely. And if only it had interesting fucking visuals to accompany oh it, that you can actually pay attention to it. I Instead, just we're just want... looking at blue nothing. <laughs> what if the counselor was wearing a different funny hat every time you shot reverse Every time, shot. every shot, yeah. Christ. Also, um, uh, why, why is there a council, exactly? <laughs> It's giving a Star Wars prequel, and I don't love it. Mm, wow, yeah, you're right. Speaking of, the trailer for The Matrix Reloaded dropped in front of uh, uh, Attack of the Clones. And how fitting, because there's a lot of fucking talking in this movie, too. Oh, boy, I gave an extensive monologue to Bex the other day while we were driving somewhere, I guess, about how... Uh, uh, the entirety of the Star Wars empire is built on merchandising, but that's yeah, God in heaven. Yeah, this this movie's merchandising was largely spinoffs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it just seems so weird that they have this like, not only a government, but like <laughs> this like this weirdly archaic seeming government of like. Yeah, Cornell like West is just shilling on the council. It's it's it feels antithetical to that like cyberpunk vibe that we got from the first movie of how they how they operated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I Again, I wonder, Monday morning quarterbacking, but I wonder if that like stems from the residents of Zion that were never in the Matrix. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's also that I I picked up on a line the counselor said where he's like, I he said uh, he doesn't sleep often. He said, I figure I was asleep for the first 11 years of my life. So why, you know, 
I gotta catch up. And I was like, oh, yo, he was... They, they do say in the first movie, right, that they tend to release mines early, right? They, oh, they don't... yeah, yeah. Um, if my, if my lore or, or knowledge... Or am I thinking of... I might be thinking of a different line. Do they... No, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. I can't remember the exact line, but you're absolutely right. Um, if I'm right in remembering even uh, the... Uh, we'll get into him, but kid uh, uh was supposed to i know i know jar jar binks uh he's 30 kid was, he's 30 he's actually he's yeah yeah he was 26 when these movies came out it's uh it's dawson casting at its finest kid i um, have my, my notes kitty is so 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 fucking annoying if he actually he, was a younger looking actor he would be endearing because i like the idea of this Young guy who who feels like he owes everything to Neo because he was freed from the Matrix. Oh, and, it's a and he... superb idea. Great idea. His, his his bit in the Animatrix is actually pretty fabulous. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, it's a fabulous anthology altogether. I mean, I'm not arguing, to be clear. But, uh, yeah, he's he was supposedly, like, what, 15 or something no like that? No way! In, like... It, within the context of the story, he is supposedly like 14, 15. Yeah. Like a, a sad teenager in high school chatting to strangers on the yeah, internet. Yeah, that would, that would play into the idea that, that they free minds, you know, generally early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting... It's, again, why I wish more of Zion was explored, because I wish they kind of unpacked the idea that there is this government and, and it could... You know, that point could be made about like, well, we're trying to establish freedom, but then we have this kind of bureaucracy tying us up, and there's this tension between the counselor and Morpheus and uh, Locke, right? I, uh, I always get confused because there's a Locke and there's a Link. Yeah, there is a like... Locke. Locke. Locke he's, is the, the commander. He's the military guy. He's like one of the only characters in the entire franchise to get. Like, or at least, like, in the world of, like, the freed minds. He's one of the only people that has a first and last name. He does? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure his name is John Locke. Uh, named oh, after well, a, I mean, uh, with, a, with a first name like that, you might as well just go by yeah, Locke. Yeah, exactly, John. Also, John Locke is, uh, <laughs> famously, the name of, uh, of the, the, the ship name, I believe, between, uh, Watson and, and Sherlock from the benedict cumberbatch series hang on i i, I now like he's uh it's okay. a popular tag on tumblr the the john watson and sherlock holmes ship called john Locke. so oh god yeah you're right uh that's terrible i hate that i'm john typing Locke. in john Locke matrix and i've got to be getting the character name wrong uh because yeah, there's no way it's john character uh harry he's played by harry lennox just give me the goddamn oh, jason jason Locke. jason Locke. that's that's way better and way cooler than john that's Locke. way cooler all right jesus christ that's jason Locke. uh but yeah there's this there's a there's a, there's a schism I, I do like the schism that they have where you know morpheus true to his character from the first film is all all in on neo being the one he's all belief he's mm -hmm. all faith and Locke is a military guy and he's much more practical he's like well we can't send our ships out there because of because you believe this guy's magic right like yeah and yeah. and uh 
you know, it's this very Han Solo and the Force kind of thing. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, sure. You you believe what you want to believe, and uh, you know, it's, they they think it's all it's all it's all it's all crap. <laughs> but the counselor it, it, side with Morpheus, so yeah, they they largely seem to anyway. We don't hear too many dissenting opinions. Out it's of always anybody why I thought it was interesting. Lock. It's interesting in the very first Star Wars. Uh, you know, the first person that we hear say, may the force be with you, is uh, the general. Like, it's a military guy who who isn't yeah. a Jedi. And yeah. it's like, I always thought it was interesting that, like, these are normal people in the galaxy, but they believe in the force. And I think it's, like, it's an interesting, like, re- reversal of that here, where it's like, the, the, there's people who, who don't buy this, who are like, you know, <laughs> we're just, like, trying to survive here, and, you know. Maybe maybe yeah, it is mostly it's, it's, those people yeah. who who weren't in the Matrix who don't know what it's like inside the Matrix. It's 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 the uh it's 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 the uh the Star Wars or the uh the Matrix equivalent of uh, have a blessed day. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, You're but like I do my like supervisor. The... What? Oh, sorry. That's my response when people tell me to have a nice day at, at work. You're not my supervisor. Yeah, yeah. Um, the line, I always laugh at the line uh, when Locke's like, God damn it, Morpheus, not everyone believes what you believe, because uh, it's a very obscure line from like a, a season, I don't know, 25 or something episode of The Simpsons. It's a uh, one of the Treehouse of Horror Halloween anthologies in which Homer is uh, playing in a uh, Shakespearean <laughs> play. And then he starts reading other scripts accidentally. And so okay. he says, uh, he says that line, damn it, Morpheus, not everyone believes what you believe. And then like either Patty or Selma says, that's the screenplay from the Matrix Reloaded. And so when I watched this, seen that before I watched this movie, so when I watched it for the first time, I was waiting for that line. And I was like, there oh, it is. God that's damn, fine. that's incredible. I had no idea about that. Yeah. That's amazing. And the fact that they picked an actual line is really funny, and get <laughs> a, a hokey line at that. <laughs> yeah, it's not even an iconic line from the movie, but it's iconic in my heart now because of it. God, fucking damn it! We that has to go on uh, the Instagram, please. I'll yeah, dig up clip. that clip. I got it. We gotta um, find the clip. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, I I was taking screenshots of the script that we need. To oh post, yeah, because they're Just, fun yeah. as hell. Does the script give directions to uh, really, really lean into the CG? Because, boy, this movie does. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And it's not well, that let's... there's necessarily more CG, <clears throat> but I think it's that it's done so much in this one on human bodies that it looks bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a whole grand theory about, like, mid, uh, early to mid-2000s CGI, and that's a whole other conversation where I begin by cussing out the name George Lucas. Um, oh, as that, you should. That, that's its own whole separate episode. I'm just realizing now we've gone 33 minutes and 30 seconds into this episode recording, and I feel like we're just kind of bullying the Matrix Reloaded. I mean, we'll get into the good stuff soon, but I think we just got to... The problem is that, like you said, it is front-loaded with a lot of issues. Well, I... It, this is a... These are both. Both of these movies that we will be talking about this and next episode are flawed movies. But that does not stop me from loving these movies and uh, spending hours talking about these movies. So, I... Um, yes, the CGI is not great either. 
uh, um, using almost exactly the same techniques that they're using over on uh, Return of the King, which is, you know, in production at the same time as these two movies. In the same country. Uh, this one was Australia. Uh, well, it's yeah, a little bit to the left. Uh, this was Australia. Lord of the Rings was New Zealand. A bit to the left there. Yeah. Uh, yes, baby girl, stop trying to nuzzle up to the microphone. I don't know if that's good audio or not. Um, sorry. There's a cat. Ah, nope. There's a cat. Now she's trying to eat my hand. I love you too. Anyway, um. Yeah, so this yeah, is... it doesn't help, and we might as well just like address it so we're not just like waiting on pins and needles to Open say Beetlejuice three times. Yeah, this movie was fully fucking bodied. Like, talking about bullied, like, knock down on the playground, take your lunch money. This movie had its shit wrecked by the MTV Movie Awards Reloaded. <laughs> like, yeah, holy but that's, fucking we shit. We gotta do it. That's gotta be its own thing, because it's, that, it's, that, that will is be amazing. its own episode. Yeah, and it um, will be. Oh, God. And we'll have Carly but, on for that. But, but, but anytime, like... As much as I love this movie, I think of Will Ferrell as the architect. Yeah, more first. than more than whoever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoever I don't know the cat's name off the top more of my head. More than Colonel Sanders. Yeah, oh God. Um, it's I one one compliment I will give this film. It okay. is yes, hands positivity, down, please. Hands down, the horniest Matrix movie. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah, you're absolutely and that's, right. And that's saying a lot because these are Holy horny movies. Shit. But like Holy off the shit, top of my man. head, we got so obviously the orgy cave, right? Obviously, Ob orgy orgy cave uh, was uh, everybody's number one of on the list of what the fuck was that? Yeah, well, but there's a there's a there's an orgy in every Matrix movie. This one just happens to be in a cave. Yeah, but it's in a cave while two of the main characters are fucking. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, there's that's just true. a couple of shots of orgies that are interrupted by plot in the other it's movies. Good, it's good fucking though. This, yeah, is, and this, this is orgy is interrupted fucking. by more sex. Yeah. 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 I have the sex with a side of sex. Oh boy. Um, and then of course elevator sex. Yeah. Wow. Great as scene. soon as those doors are closed, they are just kind of on top. And this of elevator's not moving down fast enough. <laughs> God. And then I what? love the I love the the line of being like everybody stop asking me to perform Jesus miracles. I'm trying to fuck my girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> dude, rude, rude, fucking rude. Ugh. Um, and then uh, not long after that is of course, where's my pussy? Oh God. Okay, let's let's start going through. Let's start working our way through the movie because we can certainly call out every instance of horny by just going through the plot of this movie. That's true. Like, that's very true. easily. I mean, off the off the bat, there's um, there's a lot of orgasm imagery in this movie. But the first scene is a, oh. is a car harkening back to the first. It's an action scene of Trinity uh, mm -hmm. sending her motorcycle careening into a building full of cops where it explodes because that would definitely happen. Yep. Um, what was that the, motorcycle loaded with? The, it's it's more that the physics programming in that part of the Matrix is a little off. I mean, being the one is essentially opening Gary's mod and, and typing no clip. So I, I think <laughs> oh, the, Jesus. The, the physics mo uh, modeling is a little off. But there's a lot. There's like 
there's a scene where she's uh, uh jumping off the building and then she gets shot and uh it's a dream that neo is having and mm-hmm. she gets shot and her face is orgasmic i would say it uh, really is yeah and it, it's hark it's paralleled in the scene where neo and trinity have sex her face on climax is what reminds neo of his dream where she is penetrated with a bullet yeah yeah through the rib cage that's fun mm-hmm. um uh also baby girl if you walk on the laptop while mommy is trying to talk about the matrix <laughs> please continue talking i'm just gonna give my cat the death stare all right i was just gonna say uh r.i.p tank Ah, uh, <laughs> r.i.p tank yeah i don't know if he died or not but he's gone <laughs> We can only assume he died, unfortunately. The Wachowskis killed him because he wanted too much money. Yeah, God in heaven. I mean, that's 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 pretty much what happened, right? Like the actor just wouldn't come back because he was asking for more money than he was. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I I want to say there's more details to it than that, but like, ah, oh God, I Your honestly tank forget. Being, tank being the survivor of Cipher's betrayal means nothing now because. Uh, they you do get that kind of happy ending override, yeah. They just replaced him with Link, who I, I I think is it that he's married to Tank's sister? Is that, is that what she said? I think that's the connection. Or was it yes. Dozer's sister, or are Dozer and Tank also brothers? Dozer and Tank were brothers. So yes. yeah, I think I think their sister is Link's wife, is if yes. I'm remembering that, correctly. That makes sense. Or or in this case, Link's pussy. <sighs> Christ. It's so funny. It's so funny because he opens it's... the door and the, his his niece and nephew are there. He's like, "Where's my pussy?" He, he, he turns on a fucking dime. It's amazing. But I love the idea that 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 if it weren't for the kids there, like his wife is used to it. Like that's just normally how he greets her. He just normally walks in like, "Where's my pussy?" Like, and it, that's just how that's just how their their marriage operates. And I love that. For Christ, them. Christ, yeah, yeah, wow. I think we need to start doing that with our with our with our significant others. I think that needs to be more accepted, uh, more accepted flirting. Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, well, I was going to say, um, I is it reading as just a, a, a line of dialogue written by a trans woman? Where oh, is my pussy? I was I was about to say, yeah, that's me walking into the into the surgeon's uh, room. Where's my <laughs> pussy? <laughs> You're, 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 you're coming out of the, 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 the drugs after surgery. And the, the one thought on your mind is I've got to remember to say this Where's line. Yes. It has to be this line. And when you're going under on the anesthesia, you gotta, you gotta think of that scene. So you'll emerge Christ. saying it. And I guess Christ. conversely, a, a, a trans guy uh, doing a phalloplasty might wake up and think, Oh, Where's my pussy? Oh, right. It's, a, it's this now. Um, I also so then we have that meeting of all of the all of the rebels in the Matrix when they're meeting to talk about the Osiris, uh, the intel that the Osiris left. Which I yes, I, I was watching with a good friend of mine, Nilo, showing her the movie for the first time, and then I leaned over very nerdily and explained. Uh, that is uh, elaborated on in uh, the uh, Matrix, uh, in the Animatrix, of course. That is uh, one, <laughs> or, 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 or I guess in a very Stan Lee uh, 
Check out the Animatrix uh, Final Flight of the Osiris, true believers. <laughs> that is a short that played in front of Stephen King's Dreamcatcher. And oh, let God. me tell you, let me tell you, those two you energies are Stephen diametrically King. opposed to one another. Did you go like, to see that? I did. I was on a date and uh, the, the girl I was, the girl at the, I was seeing at the time loved Stephen King and loved horror movies. Mm. And I knew nothing about either. And I was not prepared for that uh i do fucking love that every every rebel in the matrix dresses like that like i mean in yes. the matrix, you can look however you want to look and they all choose to have trench coats and leather and latex and sunglasses and, and everybody's got such a look but like i that does beg the question imagine if every like faction like every team every every ship crew had like a different style like what if one of them was like we're, we're like cowboys on this ship or, like, we're like <laughs> we, we we're really like, into devo like, on this ship yeah uh. <laughs> i think i think both are equally amusing um but they would still have to have like the same kind of basic interior well it would still be like the same like comfy clothes sweaters uh knitwear that oh, you well, see in I'm the talking, real that's world that's real world i'm talking right, about yeah matrix. but then yeah. you plug in and you're a cowboy yeah. my gosh i love this oh i love this there's uh, got to be a group of nerds that are just like star trek the original series right yes definitely and and they like and they they Get beam into the matrix using uh, uh the beaming effects and yeah one of them is like, like to their, when they when they pick up the phone they're like all right two to beam up and they're like this captain <laughs> do you think when they got I'm giving her all she's got more <laughs> there's absolutely a star trek role play yeah. matrix ship named the fucking enterprise? enterprise yes it's like the enterprise j or whatever the fuck number uh letter they got up to not a biblical canon. illusion but you know it still works i god i now see this is gonna feed back into the idea that i think we're gonna talk about ongoing but like i want a day in the life matrix tv series oh my I don't, god yeah i mean i want i don't want too. I, I don't want any sequels explaining more of the the history or going into like these epic battles of yeah, good I just versus want evil. Days. Yeah, I just want to see like what's what's a what's a pajama day like on the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah, they you think they have movie nights? Do they have movies? Yes. Do you think they play magic? They would have movies. They have access to the Matrix, right? That's you can true. just you can just load up Netflix via the Matrix. Yeah, or you can watch people in the in the construct playing uh, playing a movie. You can just watch them be a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. literally everything's the Truman Show. Oh God, yes, exactly. And when so after that meeting, uh, some agents show up. And one of them yeah. says, "I'm looking for Neo. He set me free." And when that, when these, when he came on the screen, even though he's in silhouette, I was applauding and cheering my ass off like a studio oh, audience on a sitcom. It rules! It rules! It they rules. don't even like fuck around and pretend that it's not Smith. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> and what I noticed oh, is that the other agents, who the ones who are are 
still connected with their their earpieces because he he gives his ear earpiece to neo or as a gift for neo to show that he's disconnected right. I, I i think within this the the script of this movie he's no longer referred to as agent smith he's That's right just he's just smith smith which is uh, established from this movie in, forward as being yeah. established in the fucking badass killer line being oh god smith will suffice <laughs> that's so fucking raw um but yeah the other agents refer to him i noticed this watch they refer to him as the anomaly mm -hmm. uh miguel o'hara of course wants to talk to you but um <laughs> um spider-man 2099 but they uh oh god i never i never picked up on that before how the other agents perceive smith now because he's an outcast now because yes. of whatever, whatever Neo did to him to defeat him in the first movie, you know, messed with his code. And so now he is not bound by the rules of the other agents. And he can, in a, in a kind of perversion of the way that Neo kind of jumped into his chest and blew him up, he can plunge himself into other people's chests and take them over and make them other Smiths. Essentially, like a virus that copies itself. Which oh, is it's ironic. A, it's, it's absolutely a virus, yeah. But it's ironic because he called uh, humanity a virus in the first movie. a virus, yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Um, it's a, it, and he, he even accuses humanity of, like, it's designed to spread until it, you know, until nothing else, you know. And that's exactly what he's doing here. Um, so he, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Well, in this, they establish uh, very quickly. <coughs> oh, and more penetration is all I was going to say. It's the oh he, Jesus Christ! More penetration imagery. He goes inside you. Terrible, 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 terrible. There's a there's a brief fight with Neo and the other agents, and uh, you know they say like there's interesting lines from both them and some uh, opponents they face later of like. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's still only human, and like he's just a man. Like he's kind of like he 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 bleeds briefly at one point. It's like it's an interesting reminder that he and, and a kind of callback to that Jesus imagery, I guess, of like you are both mortal and also magic. You know, you're, you're kind of both. yeah. It's not quite God mode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um. But it's basically God mode, and they they counter that with the agents by having a really kind of lazy throwaway line of Neo just going hmm, upgrades, yeah, upgrades, like that the agents have been upgraded to match Neo. But it's like, and yeah, sure, like I believe that the Matrix would do that, but that the machines would 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 build that in. But it's it's so easy to, a way to explain how Neo doesn't just fucking kill the agents like he did before. It, it does feel like a bit of a cheap line, yeah. It is a cheap line, but yeah, you know there there yeah. have been cheaper lines. I mean, it's uh... such as uh, yeah. Where is Neo now? Oh, he's doing a Superman thing. We're Warner Brothers. We can say that. Oh, God. Uh, Superman. Yeah. It's, oh, Jesus. Um, what do you think of Neo's flying? I think it reminds me, especially the ending where he's rushing around the city, reminds me of, uh, I know you didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but there's a, there's a meme of, uh, of the character Adam Warlock like flying really fast and it's got that like fisheye kind of look where he's just really way up against the camera oh, god. and it's really funny oh god that's so rough. i think it's okay. i think it's hilarious um 
<laughs> Fair enough. I think it's also the shots of Neo flying at night are the best examples of the CG body shots because it is at night and the, the lower lighting yeah. helps it look less fakey fake. It does. It does. It is 2003 for me. The smoothness of everybody kind of sure. throws me off. Yeah. Because again, I've, I've been watching these movies again in, in glorious projected 4K. Mm. Um, I can, when it's a live action shot, you can see everybody's individual pores. It's it. a little crazy. Like, I don't think we, I'm not sure we need to progress past 4K, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I guess you could say the DVD got some uh, hmm, upgrades. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I do like the. It is funny how like casual, like flippant he is about saying it. Like, oh, upgrades. Like it is like it's yeah. It's a, yeah. a well delivered line on Keanu's part. He he can get Neo's getting a little bit cocky. I think he's sassy. at some point he's getting sassy because <laughs> he's like when he's talking to the Oracle again. He's like, I felt like sitting down. Like you're not telling me to do that. I did that. My free will, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and we also I will. Meet- Oops, sorry. I'm going to take this Twizzler, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, say you want some candy? No. Oh, God. Um, we meet uh, Niobe as well. Niobe? Niobe? Yep. I don't remember how it's... Uh, I think it's Niobe. Uh, I've been saying Niobe for 20 years, so I'm, I'll I'm default gonna... to that. Yeah. Gosh, I hope I'm right. Played by, uh, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, and mm-hmm. she, in this film... They establish that there's tension between Morpheus and Locke because uh, Niobe used to be with Morpheus. Now she's with Locke. And I noticed, like, this this franchise is all about love. People don't realize that because it's so badass, but it is fundamentally about love. It truly is, yeah. So we know that Morpheus Vis-a-vis as love. <laughs> so we're already, like, chipping away at the edifice of morpheus this early in the film i'm like the coolest motherfucker on the planet you may remember from the first movie oh he's got an ex what he's got an ex that left him because he got too obsessed with neo (laughs) okay all right all right members of the polycule getting jealous i get it yeah yeah Um, yeah i get it uh, <laughs> and he gets we and we also we see I mean a lot of him in that speech in the cave right the very uh, tonight we declare our independence. <laughs> I will do the full speech. I have I've had it memorized. For I bought a megaphone so I could do that speech. God, that's awesome. And we have um, it at the top of the episode, of course. Um, <laughs> But uh, 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 but yeah, no. First off, in that sequence, also Morpheus is a shirtless king. Like he that's is, true, yes, rocking it. Like you were already horny. Guess fucking what? It does hammer home that Locke is maybe the only person in all of Zion who has two names because the counselor goes, "I give you Morpheus," and everyone she like everyone knows exactly who that is just by the one name. Like he's like Madonna <laughs> in every way. Oh God! Perfect. Yes, it's like there. There's only like I think they they establish that there's like two hundred and fifty thousand sentinels per the scans, mm-hmm. and I think uh, that's sentinel for every man, woman, and child in Zion. The non-binary right. people are safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So ostensibly there are two hundred and fifty. Let's. 
<laughs> oh, God. God, yeah. Yeah, for a series as so progressive, yeah, it's it, some lines you just get hung up on, right? Yeah, like, what was the other... There was the, the counselor saying, like, these are men and women, our mothers and fathers, our brothers and sisters. It's like... You know what? So you Maybe. Gotta, there's got to be so many non-binary people in that crowd. <laughs> god in heaven you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, uh counterpoint it and say that's part of what these two movies are about realizing that there are more levels of control that you don't even realize are True. levels of control good point good point so it's like even the people that are freed are still stuck in the binary um uh oh god okay all right i feel i feel better about myself having logicked my way out of of that moment yeah this is just like it it saves me from having to say hey, it was 2003 i don't know what to yeah. tell you um but no there's an in-universe explanation for it damn it yes. um great oh. um so you get this crazy amazing religious speech by morpheus where he sets up the stakes essentially uh for the next movie and a half yep uh, and then you get a. It feels like so long, this double fucking sequence. It feels like but it takes good. forever. It's so good. <laughs> well, I love I Neo and Trinity. I I love them so much. Like they're so good in this, and it's. I think it's the kind of thing that is retroactively bolstered by Resurrections, emphasizing on them so much as a couple. Oh, absolutely. But, but even here, it's like the it touches my heart every time when he is talking about how he's, you know, he, he doesn't directly talk about the dream that he had about her dying. But he says, like, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. And then she takes his hand and says, you feel this? I'm never letting go. And that 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 makes me all misty every time. Like, it's so it's so well done. And the two of them are so hot. The, the energy <laughs> between the two of them is always amazing. It's I'm never going to complain about that. Anytime they're on screen together, I'm in love with it. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're the T for T couple of all time. Like, they absolutely are. God damn it, it rules. It's so good. Um, I also <laughs> love. I'm also touched by when when uh, Neo is off on to see the the Oracle, and Kid, fuck him, may he rot in hell. He he says, uh, says one of the orphans. One of the orphans wanted me to give you this. He said you would know what it meant, and uh, it un he he unwraps uh, the spoon. It is a pretty nice little gag, yeah. From the the kid uh, from from the Oracle's waiting room from the first movie. Very cute, very cute. And it's one of the few kind of like because you'll notice in both this and revolutions uh there's no mention of like the pills or any of those other icons from the first movie because yeah there isn't really less emphasis on the interplay between the matrix and the real world and it's kind of just the matrix it's it's just there's kind of these two separate worlds and and they aren't uh maybe they aren't as intertwined as they as they feel in the, the first yeah the closest you really get <coughs> uh to that uh, uh for the majority of both of these movies really is um and i did want to call this out uh uh it's it's earlier in the movie but the uh nebuchadnezzar docking sequence Ooh, yes absolutely that 
sequence is another one that is about two minutes too long where you go through the entire process of seeing the Nebuchadnezzar getting scanned as it's going through the tunnels and you see the process of uh, unlocking and opening the gates and the ship flying. You know the gag in Spaceballs with a really long spaceship? Oh my god. This is that. Yeah, and then on top of that, on top of all of fucking that, the soundtrack is going dun, 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 like the most important fucking thing in the universe is happening. And it's entirely only set up for the next movie. Right. If you're watching both of these movies back to back, that is about two minutes worth of incredibly intricate setup for uh, something that will happen about two hours later. Yeah. Two and, and a half is, hours it's a later really in movie cool time. idea, though, because essentially the, the technicians who are at the gate of Zion are, they are themselves plugged into Zion's central computer. So they're yeah. In, they're so in they're like a the construct pl- that is this white void that's like the control system of Zion, and it's really cool. It's really so fucking cool. We and see we it spend... maybe all of five, two minutes. All of two minutes. Well, that even just that little bit with the white rooms and everything controlling the gates, we only see that for about 14 seconds. Yeah. The rest of it's just the fucking bloody gears and yeah. chains on the on the on the uh the scene where the where door, the counselor yeah. where the counselor is pointing out one of the big machines in Zion is like now I know that has something to do with recycling our water I have no idea how it works I'm like yeah that's me with this movie like <laughs> uh yeah you really need to understand how these doors open for six promise, months from now I promise in movie you it time. will not I promise you it will not be a boring scene when it actually pays off I promise you it won't it will involve characters that you care about uh yes absolutely I guess we the, do get a little oh sorry oh no sorry I'm agreeing with you yeah it's like I don't particularly care for most of the people involved in that most of yeah. the characters involved in that sequence but um, I'm just I, a slut for that aesthetic. So these fair. movies really work for me. So. I guess we do get a little bit of uh, escalation on that interplay between the Matrix and the real world because uh, Smith, in his quest for spreading his uh, smithiness, he uh, takes over the body of Bane, a, uh, a, a Matrix, uh, well, one of the rebels who was in the Matrix at the time, right. and then picks up the phone and escapes into the real world and thereby entering Bane's real body in the real world, which I think is a really cool concept. It's an incredible concept. This movie doesn't do anything with because it's This movie does nothing with it. (laughs) It's also, it happens so early on that you almost forget about it by the end. It really feels like it should have been something like saved up for way later. I think Smith entering the real world should have just been the end hook. Or it's like, don't even show Smith entering the real world. Leave the movie as is, but cut that sequence before Smith obviously catches up to and defeats Bane uh, and takes him over. You just cut before that. You don't know what happened to Bane. Bane shows up later. It's like, you okay, dude? But you got to also establish who Bane is beforehand. Which they don't. Which they don't. don't. We don't. I want to know what Bane in real life was. Is he in the group meeting? I don't remember. 
I think, yeah, but that's a thing. Like, that doesn't count. They're all wearing fucking sunglasses. You don't know anybody's fucking identity. Yeah, this 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 movie doesn't pass the Bane Dell test. This movie um, doesn't pass the eyeball test. God Almighty, the fucking sunglasses. They were want... so cool though in two thousand three. Wanted Bane to just sound like. We'll see you soon, Neil. <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen. God damn it, Mister Anderson. I got so happy. It's ironic considering that it's, you know, dead naming, but it made me so fucking happy to hear Mr. Anderson again. Like, it's a big stupid smile to my face. When he, when, when Smith became Smith again in Resurrections, I like pumped my fist in the air and screamed, it's my boy. Yes. It's so good. I can't wait. Uh, Ah, God. Such an easy mark. Amazing. So when uh, when Neo goes to see the Oracle once again, because he has many questions, because the Oracle said, uh, you're not the one, uh, but turns out he is, question mark? Um, he first has to uh, defeat essentially a, a firewall, I guess you could say, a program uh, named Sarah. <laughs> well, now we're getting into, this is the iconic, if you listen to the podcast blank, check it all. This is the uh, uh, David Sims says Seraph is a login screen uh, oh, yes. of it all. Yeah. So, yes, technically, technically speaking, he is a, what's the thing? It's like a, a handshake authentication protocol which is essentially just yeah, it's, it's a login screen. He's right? a he's a captcha. He's a yes. We Are you Googled a robot? This. We talked about this ages ago. Like captcha was invented like a year after this movie happened. So damn, like, they could have defeated the the machines with just a cap with just a, a, a selecting images of roads. Uh, let's see. People of Zion, we have one thing that the machines don't. The ability to select all images with crosswalks. Uh, nope. Hey, look at that. Capture was created at Carnegie Mellon University in 2000. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is actually... Oh, so in-universe, it was just after the machines took everything over. If they had, if they yeah. had lasted, if humans had lasted another year, they would have had a way to defeat them. Oh god! Because they, they can't pick out images with motorcycles. <sighs> so, I my question about Seraph. Okay. Is Seraph's first name Sands. Oh. Good night, everybody. Ter- terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> a moment of silence for that joke. For, for Sansara. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, uh, this movie, there's a, like you said, it is front-loaded, but I think it's also front-loaded with, like, I think a lot of the good stuff is also in the first half, unfortunately. It, it, half... it feels, so much of this movie, th- this movie's pacing is so bonkers because it, it jumps between these crazy awesome action sequences, like this sequence of Neo fighting Seraph. The soundtrack yeah. is going buck wild and they're fighting on tables and bullshit's getting kicked over and it kicks ass and it slaps but it's like sandwiched between these two very boring conversations and And like in defense of the oracle sequence um uh, the 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 actress um 
she was literally dying of cancer at the time, mm. so she could not do very, very much while shooting this movie physically. So it Fair enough. And ends it does up... give us some interesting revelations, one being that the Oracle herself is a program. Uh, just it does. To work for the, the, the good guys here. Uh, it does, also, which I love. This sets up a, a climax that is essentially just a rehash of the first movie, which is you'll have to make a choice between yourself or someone you care about. Turns out maybe you don't have to make the choice, but you've already made the choice. So Yeah. It's like, she's like, you're going to have to choose yourself or Trinity. It's like, well, you said that about Morpheus last time. It's, uh, I didn't have gosh. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, this is like, part of why this movie, like, dug itself in so deep into my brain, for me specifically anyway, like, the first movie is unfortunately can be misread as just surface level, right? I've had literally people tell me to my face that the matrix is only a bit of speculative bit of science fiction about the fact that we're living in a simulation. True. And then this side note, this, this one... dude, this kid actually thought we lived in a simulation kid. Oh. He's 28 years old. Yeah. I well, know. that didn't, that didn't stop this kid from being 28 years old in this movie. <laughs> Good. But, 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 but reloaded specifically, it's asking you to question even the things that you don't think about That's true. questioning. It is Again, undeniably back to, yeah. Yeah. Again, getting back into uh, the binary uh, is a major one. Uh, um, and uh, my personal favorite, just the the hero's journey in general, the story structure in general. Like, yeah. why are we so following these rote rules? Free yourself of all of these checks. Uh, unfortunately, yes, it's also plot that guides us, and it turns out people really love a coherent plot. Yeah, but to forget a movie. coherent plot. We gotta talk about the burly fucking brawl. <laughs> Have we gotten to the burly brawl? Is it yeah. the burly brawl time? It's, it's right the after the, the, the work conversation. It's the burly brawl time. <coughs> I'm gonna I drop in. Burly brawl. If I've got my oh, druthers, my. I'm gonna drop in bits of the soundtrack to this episode. So yes, this please. is burly brawl. Oh, fucking good. It's so much fucking it's, essentially fun. Essentially, it's the escalation of how many Smiths, because it's not that many at first. I think in my memory, it was a lot at once, but it's an escalation of Smiths. Then they it, all it is a gradual. Dogpile! <laughs> Dogpile! Dog God, this fucking movie just had its shit wrecked by that little special. And another, huh? another across the Spider-Verse kind of parallel of the, like, you created me, Mr. Anderson. Like, very, very the spot of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now here's a hundred goddamned variants of the same thing chasing you and, and fighting again, you. I guess it's similar to the spot in another sense that it's a initially kind of a secondary villain who over the course of the movie is amassing more power to become a more primary villain next time. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of uh, the spot. I was thinking of Miles ending up having to basically fight hundreds and hundreds of spider oh, Well, that too, yeah. That's, the that's benefit it. that that movie has is that there is a Spider-Man that is a cat 
And I kind of now want to see an Agent Smith that is just a cat. Have or... you seen uh have you seen Meows Morales? I have seen Ma- Meows, Meows Morales. Morales. <laughs> I honestly have to say my personal favorite is still the Tyrannosaurus the the Spidersaurus Rex. Oh, yeah, well, That's, yeah, of course. I need to buy one of the toys from uh, Jurassic Park and just paint it up. Paint it. Ooh, yeah. Spider-Man. I need to do that now. I'm a fan of Peter Parked Car myself. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, the puns. Of course you like the, the, the that okay. pun name. Which is also um, why I love the fucking... His di- like, anytime Smith says the word me, you can tell he just loves... Me, me, me. Me too. And it's... There's something very, like, trans about it, where it's like, he was an agent, he was part of the system, he was not allowed to have an identity, really, he wasn't allowed to use the that first-person pronoun like that, really. So, the fact it's, that he relishes... New for him. That he relishes so much in saying just the word me, that he gets to think about himself, and what he wants, and what he wants is more of himself. That's cute. Do you think he got, like... I really wish I could have seen, like, Smith's actual awakening into this, you know? Do you think he got, like, a Disney princess I want song? Yes. Like, part of your world sort of I thing? I want more me. <laughs> the, the, the Matrix code splashing up behind him in yeah, his hair yeah, yeah, and the yeah. breeze. and Walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. <laughs> um I want to God damn Hugo even bringing the And he, the, he does he ham. does become part of your world. He does uh, leak into the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also in terms of the matrix itself, he becomes the world essentially. That's true. So, yeah. That's true. That's goals. Smith is hashtag goals, kids. Well, he, and there's something, it's like a, it is, it's like a, a young, you know, trans person discovering themselves, literally in this, his case, discovering himself, like, and, and, you know, when you've been denied an identity, it's, it's, it's understandable that's, that you would kind of very become, fair. become fixated on it, you know? And he also definitely has a huge crush on Neo. My like, God, he is horny for our boy, isn't he? Yeah. Because <laughs> Neo, you know, he, in a way, he's a he's a dark reflection of Kid, right? Because Kid feels like he owes Neo everything. Kid feels like Neo freed him. And, and Smith feels the same way about Neo. Oh, my God. I have so many takes about Smith. He's the zero to Neo's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a being not of love, but of hate. He is the perfect goddamn foil oh, to Neo in I every guess. way, shape, or form. Neo is entirely selfless, and uh, Smith is entirely selfish. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, and uh, uh, Smith falls over with bowling pin sounds. God, that's my favorite fucking joke. It's so good. It's, <laughs> it's so, so fucking good. The Burly Brawl is so camp that I almost want Batman 1960s, uh, like, POW uh, cards to, like, flash on the screen <laughs> when he punches <laughs> Somebody edit that. Please, 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 please. please. But have it um, be, like, in the Matrix font, in the Matrix text. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my personal favorite is that in the, in the 4k, you can just see in several shots of the burly brawl. It's just 
it's uh, uh his name's uh, i'm gonna butcher his last name i don't have it pulled up in front of me chad stahelski mm-hmm. uh uh keanu reeves's stunt double as yeah. neo who would later to go on to direct the john wick series and play and handsome play chad. chad yeah chad. <laughs> that's right chad like when we were watching it together we were both just like that's just chad that's chad <laughs> that's chad have we have we watched we haven't watched four together yet have we we have not yet watched four together yet no we will certainly get there uh uh over the next uh next couple of months i think yeah. uh now. yes chad stahelski uh, director of the John Wicks. Um, my God, my God, yeah. I love him. Any other thoughts on Burly Brawl, other than it's uh, fucking awesome? It, it is fucking awesome, and this is unfortunately uh, where the CGI becomes the most yeah. worst. I'd say the, the, because... the shot of him kind of rotating around on the pole and walking on the smiths is cool but it's so it's very looking. cool in theory but they unfortunately because of the complexity of these camera movements because the burly brawl starts off and it's these fairly long extended takes of actually keanu reeves and a shitload of other dudes doing these complicated choreographed uh martial arts sequences together where you see their faces for extended periods and for the most part like there's hugo weaving and then there's a bunch of other six foot two australians they found hired paid to dress up in suits and wear rubber fucking hugo weaving masks i really want a rubber hugo weaving mask. i want one so bad god damn it I not doubt to, any not of... to have not to have as like movie memorabilia, but to to actually look like Hugo Weaving <laughs> to wear every day. It's like a it's like a <laughs> is that like a turducken of like transness at some point? I'm thinking like, it's what? more like a face off situation. I'd like to take his his face off. After the burly brawl, we go to meet uh, the Merovingian who is holding prisoner, the uh, Keymaker. So, okay, essentially the, the plot from Everybody's here is, favorite character, the Merovingian. The plot, the plot from here on out is essentially fetch quests of, like, you need... So, okay, we need to get to the source, <laughs> right? We need to okay. get to the source in order to, to figure out what to do about the fucking drilling uh, uh, sentinels. So to get to the source, we need a key. To get a key, we need the key maker. To get the key maker, we need to go to the Merovingian. It's like the world's worst escape room. Although <laughs> a Matrix-themed escape room would actually be pretty badass. Um, it actually would be shit. That's somebody amazing. should do that. Um, you could have, like, the phone and everything, too. But, uh, <laughs> but no, we have to go see the Merovingian, who essentially said... <laughs> he's, a, he's a program living in the Matrix. He's a, he's a wealthy guy who said, They said I could be anything, so I became French. He is the most French. Because he programmed himself specifically to be French. He said it's his favorite language. And so he said, well, you said, uh, you know, you you decided uh, your gender. I decided my nationality. No, I decided I would be French. The the Merovingian's gender is French. My gender is uh, French. Oh, God. And he's just the most obnoxious prick in the universe. God fucking damn. But he does give a lady a cake orgasm, further showing how this is the horniest Matrix movie. 
Oh, the cake orgasm. I forget about the cake orgasm right up until the cake orgasm happens. Every I like I expel it from my memory up until it is summoned back into my brain. It's okay. I'm a big fan. I'm pro cake orgasm. You're pro cake orgasm. All right, fair enough. And it's like I don't give a shit. This is actually one of the few scenes where it's you know, philosophical dialogue accompanied by interesting, engaging imagery, because he's talking about, no, like, you're not of, wrong. You're not wrong. That's causality, fair. causality, cause and effect, and how, like, you know, he's obsessed oh, with the idea that things causing chain reactions, and you know, it, it's playing into the theme of predeterminism and choices uh, with, with, with this idea of causality, with things having ripple effects, and are those effects predetermined, or are they affected by the decisions that you make? And have you already made them? And he uses a cake orgasm to illustrate this philosophical point. I can't believe you're selling me on the cake orgasm. I'm selling That's you amazing. on the cake orgasm. Would you like to see a dessert menu? <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. Write that down, my friend. That's a hell of a pickup line. Um, shit. Uh, uh... Would you like to see a dessert menu? <laughs> Christ alive. Uh, less attractive in the Merovingian voice. It it and, is. It and is. Also nothing, yeah. nothing, no thank nothing, you to that. Nothing makes him less attractive though. It's like, well, it's a cause and effect. I drank too much wine. I must take it peace. The way he says piss, I just like, oh, oh, I would like to see this man be punched. <laughs> That's not happening. Is, oh. It's like peak uh the Merovingian is like the movie at its peak, like self-aware camp kind of vibe, you know? Like I, I do love it. Yeah, I can see that. So earlier when the Oracle is talking about the the programs that are sort of that, that obey their instructions or go rogue, she says, uh, every story you've ever heard about vampires, ghouls, or werewolves oh. is, a, is a rogue program. And this is also alluded to in uh, the Animatrix with the, the haunted yep. house story. Um, but it's it, it's it's brought to life in live action in this movie in uh with a group of characters that i can only refer to as the monster mash fabulous we need in the merovingians gang here we have uh two white guys with dreads the, the ghost twins um setting up um setting up uh, uh lana wachowski's uh choice of hairstyle i suppose i do want to say i think she took the dreads out don't quote me on that I'm, I'm, sure not sure. So. I'm not sure if the photo I she saw should, was recent. She probably like she should get some like headshots taken now so that her Google images um can update accordingly. Um but uh <coughs> yeah, there's scroll, the ghost there, scrolling there, through your memories as a trans girl is a rough time. Yeah, but still like we're talking like scrolling through pre-transition memories is is one thing, but if you've got, you know, White, white post-transition. Okay, I'm, to be clear, I am not defending the dreadlocks. I'm just saying, yes, I would like the most recent photo of oh, my face oh, yeah, available no, I, immediately, I please. Dreads are otherwise, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's part of the monster mash of the ghost twins. They can phase through solid objects, and they also look really bad when they go uh, transparent, when they go They ghost. do. That CGI didn't hold up. And it Great. didn't have to either. It could have looked weirder, but it just looks bad. Um, it's not like it had to look realistic. 
If you made it look like jacked up white matrix code, do you think that would have worked? Like, would they still have read as ghosts? Yeah, because it's... It also makes it less fucking goofy that they're fucking monsters, like, which I think, it, agree. again, I think it's camp fun. I do like it, because when they walk, when, uh, the, the Merovingian's, I guess, girlfriend, Persephone, right, walks, uh, yes. le- leads our heroes to their little lounge, um, and she walks in on these two big guys watching a vampire movie, and she's like, now, these boys are very loyal, aren't they? And they go, yes, mistress, which, again, horny. Um, <laughs> and he says, uh, yeah, they're notoriously hard to kill. I mean, how many people carry silver bullets? And then she shoots one of them, implying that right in the head. these are werewolves. Rude. They're loyal and they can be killed by silver bullets. I love that there's werewolves and vampires in the Matrix. It's I love my dogs. Favorite I've thing. always loved dogs. Fuck yeah. Uh, Maybe one of the Wachowskis has Oh a my god, wait a minute. Boys. Are there furries? Holy Christ, they're werewolves. They're furries in the Matrix. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Alert the furry community. The Matrix and is so, your new playground. Was it in the first movie, or I guess was it, it's somewhere in the lore, right, that the Monster Mash version of the Matrix was like the second version, right? Yes. That was, uh, if I'm right remembering my lore, it was the second iteration of the Matrix. Do you remember where uh, that was said? All of the gods and dreams. That is in the... Architect sequence, which we are coming up on pretty gotcha, quick. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I the, depressingly have, um, if not the actual dialogue of the architect sequence, I have most of that lore <laughs> basically memorized just, exactly thanks to just pouring over it for 20 years. So, I, I can think of no other punishment, but Smith yeah. establishes in the first movie that the initial version of The Matrix was perfect and too perfect and they, people didn't believe it. So they went complete 180 for the other one and just made it haunted. Yeah, they they drew upon like our horror stories and gods and monsters and shit. It's like, oh shit. I definitely would not have wanted, but it does sound fucking badass. Yeah. Like Bella Lugosi's there, Nosferatu's there, Lon Chaney. Um but yeah, the the monster mash is there, and then uh Persephone induces even more horniness by forcing neo in order to give information on the key maker asks neo uh to kiss her as though he were kissing trinity all right i want to hear your read on why you think this scene exists why do you think she specifically has to make out with keanu reeves you mean get... in universe it's because in, in universe yes because persephone's horny okay all right occam's razor that's... It's also, I think it's it's making a, a character <laughs> point. It's making a character point about her relationship with the Merovingian, I think, because she wants to feel what it feels like to be kissed by a loving person. Because the Merovingian is not a again, the theme of love. The the Merovingian oh, is not a loving no, I, person. I, I fully understand the character's motivations to begin with. I just want to hear the lore bullshit. Um Oh so... no, I mean I didn't think I didn't think she couldn't lead them to the keymaker. I just thought she wouldn't. She wanted to get something out of it. <clears throat> oh no, it's it's entirely transactional, most definitely. Um, I personally think that because uh, um, she is lording it over a couple of werewolves, I my personal read on Persephone is that she is essentially an energy vampire. That's a good read. Yeah, so I mean, she wants to feel the love and passion that hasn't been there for years, so yeah. she got it. She's she wants that emotional connection. Yeah. Um, 
So it's interesting because you know we see them watching a vampire movie, but we don't actually see any vampires in this gaggle of monsters. And they yeah, exactly. I, I believe if I'm remembering the werewolves and ghosts, and we we meet a vampire, we meet ghosts, and we meet uh, werewolves, and then we. I, I want guess, a mummy. Damn it! I want a mummy in my matrix. A, it's implied that we meet a vampire. I mean, we have, uh, we have, there's mommies in the Matrix. Does that count? <laughs> there are definitely mommies in the Matrix. Uh, wow. Trinity can step on me. Um, Trinity can dodge this any day. Um, <laughs> speaking of Trinity, we get her to see, uh, see her do more fucking awesome stuff. Because there's a fucking chase on the freeway, baby. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, what are the vampires watching on TV? Well, first off, Google says that the vampires are watching. No, those are werewolves watching um, the TV. Actually, Matrix. Um, but it was an excerpt from The Bride of Dracula from 1960. Okay. And I believe if I'm remembering my shot composition correctly, I am. I've seen this movie a lot. Persephone is on screen at the same time as one of the Brides of Dracula. Mm, I like that. Implying further into my theory that she is a Dracula. I wonder if you're the only person who, who's thought that. Probably, probably not. I have no idea. It's been a little while since I've done a deep dive in the wild mask guessing yeah. uh, pages of the Matrix, which I am going to have to do sometime very soon. Um, we but do a whole I, episode on that. Oh, we're going to do... So many episodes on wild mass guessing bullshit. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Hell yeah. But she's a vampire. Cool. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oop. Nope. No. No, not. not well, not no, but. Um, <laughs> let me see. In behind the scenes footage, Persephone herself is compared to a vampire that seeks after emotions by the actress that portrayed her. Monica Bellucci. There you go. So, Word of yeah, I, think uh, I think you're right on the money there. Fuck yeah. All right. Ah, uh, I like being proven right occasionally. That's nice. Especially when it comes to the to the matrix bullshit. Because <laughs> so much is speculative. But yeah, um, Stephanie's awesome and her leading them to the key maker leads to the fucking awesome freeway chase. Oh. Well, first it leads to the fucking chateau fight. Oh yeah, that's true. With yeah, Neo yeah, versus the monster the, mash. The undefined monster mash. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to know who's what in this lineup. Who's the yeah. mummy? Who's the Dracula? Who's the... Frankenstein. Who's the Frankenstein? Give me a Frankenstein. <laughs> I didn't see one invisible man. Um, yeah. He died of a heart attack. Oh, that very chair. Still there. <laughs> um... What is that from? That's uh, from Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh my god. Alright. Fair enough. So yeah, they, they, they have a battle in the chateau, and then the Merovingian um, beats Neo to escaping and closes the door, and Neo opens the door, and it's the mountains. Can, can I, I, I don't want to skip over having trash-talked this movie so much earlier in the episode. The Chateau, I personally think, is one of the coolest fight sequences in the entire series. You get series. him blocking all of those bullets. It's really it, fucking cool. That, it starts off with the bullet blocking, okay, fine, easy peasy. And then they have the most buckwild six-on-one sword fight. They're just grabbing it's, anything they can of these priceless artifacts in the this, Chateau. This, this Chekhov's gun showroom of yeah. weapons. 
Uh, I I fucking love this entire sequence. Uh, this is was, this is one of the ones that I frequently play. Uh, mm-hmm. Just this would by be itself. in your highlight reel. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. In the your, music in your, in your childhood friend in the basement watching movie uh, method. Oh, man, we didn't. That wasn't even the basement. We had access to the main living room for this. Oh show. wow! Wow! Yeah. No, it was uh, it was a good time. Um. Uh, definitely the cool house to hang out at when you're in middle school. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, we get this kick-ass, like, multi-fight of everybody versus Neo, slaps, um, with the cool soundtrack and the, the blocking of the blade with the, the hand. But then occasionally, within the sequence, they'll just show you still standing by the back door is the Merovingian. Yeah. He's just chilling back there. This dude's just chilling while his minions try to kill Neo. Yeah. And he watches them fail to kill Neo, and then he fucks off without Neo. Yeah. So he's like... I don't know if he's learned the right lessons from Bond villains. Like, you know, just dropping you to the sharks and then walking away before... Yeah bothering to see if you die but that's just kind of got to me this watch through just does really shots like of... cause and effect so he probably wants to see the effect that's a very fair point but yeah he then strands neo in the mountains and we get more sassy neo when he calls uh he calls link and he's like where the hell am i he's like wow you're all the way in the mountains and neo looks around and goes oh really yeah <laughs> it's, and and real quick, I might as well point it out now, but he's doing this on the world's coolest cell phone. These movies had the worlds. They were so cool. Uh, cell phones manufactured for this movie um, that every character that uses a cell phone in these movies uses. And it kicks ass. And we're going to talk about it later on a merchandise episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yes. Yeah, I don't I don't really have specific comments on the freeway chase other than it fucking slaps and the keymaker's there and he's like a funny little guy. And he's like the definition of funny little guy. Um, he is a funny little guy. And also I think this this one really ups the, the horror element of like the idea of the agents or, or even Smith taking over your body because like there's moments where they freeze on like the faces morphing into the agents when they're pursuing them on the freeway. And it's horrifying. Oh, it's alarming to say the least yeah so yeah it ultimately ends with the with uh, uh trinity and morpheus and the keymaker are being chased by the ghost twins and the cops and the agents yes it's it's a great multi-level fight with those yes. like four levels of threats um and of course, Neo. They had to put Neo all the way in the mountains because they really there. had to work if he was the there, that fight Neo. Would, that fight would would not last long because he swoops in and saves everybody at the last minute. So, it the timing is of course uh, Neo flies at the speed of plot. Uh, yes. So yeah, yeah. It it works also, out pretty just perfectly. Not really a confirmed like geography to the Matrix. The Matrix is implied to kind of just have like one city. Yeah, that's another thing. It's called like Mega City or something yeah. like that. I might be pulling that from Judge Dread. Uh-oh. But um, they never name the city in any of the movies, with the exception of uh, Resurrections, which is just clearly San Francisco. Um, 
hard to deny that one. Yeah. But um, yeah, that those very well, sparse... I won't give it away, but given how the arch- the difference in the architects, that version of the architect would totally make San Francisco. I mean, yeah, yeah, it works out pretty perfectly. Yeah. Um, oh God, I had a point, but th- yes, those few brief shots of Neo flying over the city, zooming in on the truck that is about to explode. The city just, this place is, is truly a horrifying dis urban dystopia. Yeah. As I stumble my way up to the words that I'm trying I mean, it's to like say. A, it's like a GTA sort of thing where it's like the whole land world is the city. And then you get to the, the end. It's just the edge. Like, yeah. Yeah, it kind of, this place sucks. Yeah. I didn't see a single tree. Yeah. Um, so then we get to the, the climax of this movie, um, is about a building. (laughs) That's what I've, I, I I wrote in my notes that I finally understand this climax and Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you now. I could, I could have told you in the moment, but I lost it. Okay. There's a building and there's a security system and the security system uh, explodes the building if it goes off. Um, that's that's what I understand, which doesn't make any sense. But they need people in the control tower to, to keep pressing the button because it only goes off for like five minutes at a time. But then all the people in the control tower die in a really dark way because like <laughs> the room blows up and in the Matrix... And then you see them in the real world all just drop dead. Yeah. It's scary. That's fucking Um, terrifying. But that's why Neo uh, is running out of time to get out of there. And and he tells Trinity, stay out of this because of the dream that he had uh, about Trinity's death. He's like, what if I told you to stay out? And so Trinity stayed out. But it's what brings her in is she she doesn't want to stand by and and let Neo die. Right. Um, Neo and Morpheus... And the keymaker on their way to the source, they get cornered by Smiths. Yeah. And he says the best fucking line. Great thing about being me is there are so many me's. It's just perfect. Then all the Smiths burst out. It's so fucking good. Oh God. Fucking slaps. And then, um. huh, I think you've been waiting for this though. This is the moment. Yeah. This is the yeah. moment where we meet. <laughs> I, I wrote down because this just stood out to me. So the architect, the architect's room is essentially just a, a wall of uh, monitors, not unlike the interrogation room that we saw in the first movie. Yeah. But it's it's just of, this... it's a bunch of different Neos and they're all reacting in slightly different ways to what's being said in the scene. And one of them just screams at one point, you old white prick. Oh God! It's well, so funny. I might as well mention that right up front. I will uh... tell us about this old white prick, Hope. <laughs> um, tell us about so, this old white prick who doesn't know any words less than three syllables. I am gonna go on the record right now and say something—the most controversial take in all of Matrixdom. This is the most important scene in. All of the movies. It, it is, and I wish God it damn it. It is, and I wish it wasn't. Erica, open your yapper one more time, and I'm going to architect 
a world of pain all over your candy ass. Ergo, vis-a-vis, -vis, concordantly. I love this fucking weird ass fucking scene where the movie just stops on a dime, sits down in a comfy reclining office chair and says to you, here's why everything you think about this series is cool is completely wrong. I do like you it on that You are level. wrong. Yeah. The audacity of this bitch. I love it. I am blowing out the microphone. Um, <laughs> Passion. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, God uh, damn, I love the, this fucking bullshit. I love density, it so much. The density of his dialogue truly cannot be overstated, and it makes me think about the line from Gravity Falls with Grunkle Stan, like, what, you got like a word a day calendar or something? Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first movie establishes that there was previously a, a The One, right? That there was a The One before Neo. Okay. And Morpheus okay. talks about them. Okay. But the architect okay. comes out and tells us that there were actually okay. six versions, right? Or Okay, versions. so let's talk about it. With the first version of The Matrix, uh, uh, Matrix 1.0 was Heaven. Okay, great. That shit got fucked. Nope, couldn't do it. Version 2.0 was super hell. Was that shit was was Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios? <laughs> oh fuck, I love that. Yes, that's much friendlier than 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 my version. But then, you know, the the architect was working in his lab late one night. Late one night, <laughs> and his and eyes, eyes beheld an eerie, an eerie sight. sight. An oracle began well, to rise. My matrix from its slab began to rise. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. The mother the, of the matrix. Yeah, the oracle is a program designed to understand human emotion, and she gave the architect the concept for the Matrix 3.0, which is. This Matrix, our Matrix, the one we know and love, cyberpunk dystopia, late 1990s, um, which Reason was love. You have to give humans a subconscious level choice to participate in the society and they will not rebel. And the Matrix that we are in right now is the Matrix 3.6. There have been five other The Ones before Neo. And that is so because... Versions 1 and 2 did not have Ones. They didn't have Versions them. 1 and 2 did not have Ones. They had angels and demons and bullshit, and it's yeah. awesome. And now all that bullshit is contained to Neo. Well, most of it. Basically. So... The architect says at one point during his uh, uh, very elaborate speech, I want to use big architect-like words. I should have looked up my words. I want to hear a reading of the architect scene as drunk Orson Welles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stephen, this choice. one's for you. Stephen, this one's for you. Hang on. I have to get into character. <clears throat> Apologize for the quick binary, but it's uh, it's my passphrase for Orson Welles. God, I should have drank milk or something before this instead of uh, uh, doing bong rips. Oh, boy, this is going to be great. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen, out of character to assure you that the War of the Worlds was... You have many questions, and although the process has halted your consciousness, you remain irrevocably human. Ergo, some of my answers, my boy, you will understand some of them, and... 
Some of them you will not. I'm real fucking high. And this dialogue is a little wavy on the screen. Oh, and it's making there. me feel a little, little drunk. Oh, boy. This is not great. Hey, go, vis-a-vis. Concordantly, while your first question is the, the most pertinent, you may or may not realize it is also the most irrelevant. Your life is a sum of a remainder of an unbalanced equation inherent to the programming of the Matrix. Scroll down. God, right. this is a lot of fucking dialogue leading inexorably here. God, my favorite thing to do is recite all star as spoken word poetry. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world is out to go me. Gonna, can you make your wedding vows the architect speech and end it with vis-a-vis yeah, love? I've been taking... F- I have you been have taking... someone playing the architect uh, officiate your wedding? My vows might just be a video edit of very key sequences from movies I love. I'm not decided yet. I got a lot of notes written. Anyway, but Neo is, in essence, if the Matrix is viewed as purely computer mathematical programming, Neo is the resulting ends of an equation being run to the completion of that program, Um, which unfortunately, despite the architect's best troubleshooting, he has not been able to work that bug out of the system. So each iteration of the Matrix 3.0 comes with a built-in shelf life spanning approximately a century, which is why uh, Morpheus earlier in the movie saying it has been 100 years. They drill that 100 years into you because each cycle of the Matrix lasts about 100 Mm. years. So in the first movie, Morpheus says, you think it's 1999? It's actually closer to 2199. We don't know exactly when. Right. But doing this math, uh, this new math introduced to us, we new actually math. realize it's close. Yeah, it's- <laughs> we actually realize it's closer approximately to 2699. Mm. So it is 700 years in our future, which explains almost like instantly Bobby. why the fucking sewers are so fucking huge. Oh, because they had several hundred years to build and expand them and it turns out the machines thanks to this repeated process of five ones before neo we realize the machines are just actually practiced at destroying zion and then rebuilding and repopulating it and starting the cycle again holy Mm -hmm. fucking shit yep Holy fucking shit. I love this machines, movie. And they're used to it because they're machines. You know, they think of everything in terms of cycles. and Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and something and thematically something I truly love about these two movies specifically is that so much of it is about breaking these cycles, be it story structure or binaries or human extinction yeah. You know, he says that Neo has, has, well, I guess an illusion of choice, but choice is the problem because he can either save Trinity or he can save everyone. Right. I mean, exactly that's what it boils down to. The difference with this specific Matrix and Neo specifically is that Neo is the first the one to be in love with 
one specific person. Mm -hmm. And that was, we kind of realized, well, we'll get into the reasoning behind that later, but, uh, or, or really the cause to that effect. But, um, Causality. Yeah. <laughs> Power but, love, baby. Yeah. So Neo is given a choice at the end of this exposition heavy and, and just movie breaking sequence. He is really given a choice. Is. You can either go save Trinity, who is going to die. As per your premonition. As per the premonition, as the prophecy foretold. Or you can walk through this other door and be returned to the original source coding of the Matrix. The entirety of Zion and all natural human life on planet Earth will once again be completely wiped out. But you're going to choose a bunch of dudes and ladies that are currently plugged into the Matrix and miraculously free them and restart Zion from scratch, thus beginning the cycle anew. Indeed. Oh, um, my goodness. God in heaven. This fucking movie. I love it. So Neo, it's... being Neo, being in love with Trinity decides to say fuck that okay it's a it's an amazing choice after hearing that basically everything he thought was true is not true that the prophecy that morpheus loves so much is bullshit and has happened before and they already know how it's going to turn out and morpheus keeps saying like oh but the war's going to end tomorrow it's what the prophecy says and well it won't. it's 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 jumping ahead quite a lot it's jumping an entire movie ahead but but why, Mr. Anderson? Why why do you persist? Could it be for something as insipid as love? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's the, that's the whole theme of the whole thing. Like, yeah, the whole that's... Franchise. The great thing about The Matrix is there are, like, 80 themes. You can just kind of pick your favorite that week. It's about love. <laughs> it's about love. It's about choice. It's about truth. And, it also depends and, on if you're talking about franchises as a whole or specific movies, I think. Well, yeah. It can vary scene to scene. But, but uh, as a yeah, larger so Trinity, franchise. So he, he rushes to Trinity's aid and uh, does manage to save her. Trinity is saved by doing what she always does, getting penetrated by Neo. Oh, Christ. Neo uh, gives her so, give her some fingering and fishes that bullet right out of her ribcage and then literally goes back inside her to touch her heart and restart it. Oh, God. I hate everything you just said. And I know visually it's also not as that appealing it's also on not screen. Wrong either no it's fully accurate and i hate that um, that's why it's the horniest matrix movie horniness saves the day <laughs> and it's a nice reversal of the first movie where where neo is the sleeping beauty and now uh, trinity gets to be saved also by a carnal activity it's god damn it <laughs> So then the movie just kind of peters out, I think, after that. I mean, the, oh, the, architect scene, the architect scene really is the climax of the movie, to be honest. Yeah. And it really does not read as a fucking climax at all, unless you after, are me. Everything after it is just kind of like stuff kind of happens. The, yeah. the Sentinels attack and Neo develops the ability to actually like defeat them in the real world, which is interesting. So, yeah, so that, I think, that shot of neo holding up his hand and the 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 sentinels 
sparking and dropping to the ground dead. And then Neo dropping to the ground. Yeah. I think, and then Trinity screaming, Neo! It should have been cut to black, Neo! Written and directed by. Yeah. New Metal. Or yeah. it's Dave Matthews Does... or something. Yeah. Um, that, I really feel like that should have been the end of your movie. Because you're yeah. you're setting up this entire movie about questioning things that you didn't even know needed questioning. So to have the final shock be, wait, he can control the machines in the real world? Right. And then getting nothing again until November. I right. think that really would have worked. I mean, but... yeah, I also, this watch through, it really strikes me how sad this ending of this movie is for Morpheus. Because Oh my God, it's when the heartbreaking Nebuch the, for Morpheus. The, the, um, the Sentinels blow up the Nebuchadnezzar and then Morpheus says some bullshit from a book or the Bible or something. Yeah, um, I dreamed that... a dream or something. Yeah, he starts singing Les Mis. Les Mis. <laughs> but it's, it's now I, and but but it's Master of the House, which is weird. <laughs> but now I understand that it isn't just about the ship, um, but it's about the fact that Neo returns from the source and tells Morpheus that the prophecy was a lie. And it's this very dramatic irony reversal of the first movie because now Neo is the one telling Morpheus the disturbing truth. Where Neo is like, I don't, I hate to be the one to tell you this. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And now Morpheus is the one, Morpheus, cool, confident, put together Morpheus is the one out of his element and he doesn't know what the road ahead is. From the first movie, you already thought Morpheus was just the coolest person ever. And then this movie gives you the upgrade to Morpheus standing on top of a semi-truck trailer driving down the highway in that trench coat, the outfit, the suit, the sunglasses, the green tie, holding a katana. It's the coolest thing in the world ever of all time. And then to see the rug pulled out from under him. It's, it's so just... Sad. And that's what makes that line now read as heartbreaking to me, because I understand the full context of it. Because the problem yeah. with the last part of this movie is that most of the other times I've watched it, again, I have not really wanted to pay attention, because it's kind of... It's, it's just a boring movie sometimes. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I'm forcing you to pay attention to The Matrix Reloaded. If anything, you're, you're uh, enticing me to pay attention. Oh, well. Well, oh no. Is this a shared fandom or a Stockholm syndrome? Oh, God. Aren't they always the same? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but that's it's usually the listener that's getting Stockholm. Yeah. Weirdly, the last scene is uh, so they're in like this this infirmary in Zion and it's it's not in Zion. It is aboard a ship called the Mjolnir, which everybody just calls the hammer because nobody can pronounce Mjolnir in 2003. Yeah, so. Or yeah. the movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Mew Mew. Yes, they're they're on board the Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Um, and yes, so the doctor who is very attractive. Um, is <laughs> oh, about, you noticed. <laughs> yes, I did, and I'll notice even more in the next movie. They're talking about how, like that that other crew uh, said that. Um, there was an EMP that was set off too early and everyone on board this one ship was killed. Uh, and, but there was one survivor and then we pan up 
from a shot of Neo on the hospital bed to a shot of, oh my god, it's some guy. Oh, it's the guy from earlier. His face yeah. is upside down. I didn't recognize Yeah, him. it's rough. It's rough. It's, it's a rough. So it's, it's a shot of Bane. The fact that he's upside down. Yeah. And he's not the most distinctive looking fella. The fact that he's not the most distinctive looking fella. We also haven't seen him for fucking 60 minutes at this point. And he's upside down. It doesn't read as Bane, but it is Bane, the character that, of course, Smith is currently possessing. So uh, there's your there's your setup. There's your to be concluded. That's the well, movie. you do get one of my favorite ending title cards of art all time. I don't get it too often. I got it in this. I got it in another middle movie that you invoked earlier uh, in this Back episode. To future, yeah. Back to the Future 2. It's just what I, to be concluded, but it's in Except that Matrix unlike, font. Unlike Back to the Future 2, this one doesn't end with a trailer for the third movie that basically gives the entire film away. Well, it does end with a trailer. It does end with a trailer? It does. The after credit stinger to this movie oh, yeah, is right. a brief trailer that's you that's really just a series of quick cuts. See, that's um, that would have been better. Like the Back to the Future one is really egregious. It gives away so much of part three. It really does. It really does. I, wish, I can't lie, I love I that believe, low. I can't believe there's no edit that doesn't have that. <clears throat> I mean, there should be, because I want to say for the original original theatrical release, it doesn't have that. But then, like, a month or two into yeah, its since release, when, Since when do we have access it. to original theatrical edits of movies anymore, George? God damn it, George. That's that's going to be, I think, a sooner than later episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, god well, damn anyway, it, George. Well, anyway, we've been uh, going for almost as long as the movie <clears throat> itself, so... Mm -hmm. Any closing thoughts? I mean, we're definitely going to get into so many individual aspects of yeah. the, this movie specifically later. That's the thing. It is full of individual aspects that I love, but it's, mm -hmm. it's such a mess. It's a fun mess, but it is a mess. It is. These two sequel movies are, like I said, it's, it's the two that made me truly obsessed with this franchise. But they're way because, more fun to talk about and obsess over than to watch. Because it's such a tangled mess of a whole yeah. bunch of different things. Uh, the Matrix 1999 is a flawless, perfect movie, really. And as such, it's been talked about already so much. Yeah, these ones don't have as much limelight as they deserve, because I think they are just as, if not more, interesting to talk about than the first film, even though they're obviously oh, absolutely. not as good at all. I would much rather talk about a fictionalized backstory for the stormtrooper in Star Wars 1977 that smashes his head into the door that's opening than I do about Grand Admiral Thrawn. I don't give a fucking shit about Grand Admiral fucking Whoa. Thrawn. Fuck off. I'm planting my flag in the goddamn sand on that Whoa. one. Um, no, but I love these movies. Um, I'm, I'm very, if not as excited, more excited to talk about Revolutions next yes, month. Yes, because that one is your favorite of these three, right? It is my favorite of these three. And it's also, now, it's the only Matrix movie in the entire franchise as of now that I have not come around to say that I like. You, we I'm should, hoping, we should watch it changes. together again, I yes. think. I'm hoping it changes. Okay. All right. Um, it's, if you're going to, okay, listener, if you're going to watch Revolutions before our episode drops next month-ish, 
there's a whole lot of nothing that you're going to be interested in for the middle 45 minutes, I'll say. Oh, it's, dear. I get it. Bring some friends and, and over. Then, um... Bring some friends over. Get some come some of your favorite adult beverages, your your favorite adult smokables, edibles, whatever your drug of choice is. If you are of a legal age, I red hope pills, you are. We swear a lot. Yeah, get your red pills out. Um, that middle forty five minutes of that the invasion some, of Zion steak, is bring some steak. Bring some tasty wheat. <laughs> Not a lot of pro uh, product placement in the movie, despite how much product placement the movie got in the real world. <laughs> I, w I want that fucking cell phone still. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. Well, uh, I guess... Uh... It's, a, it's a bit of a rough ride. But once you be hook back up with Neo and Trinity in the back half, you're in safe hands. I promise you it will be a great ride from there on out. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I hope. It's... I hope. I. I hope. I feel different. Come next month. All right. Well, we'll be. Uh, we'll be contentious about that. I'm excited and for I'll that. Be, I'll be Ella. You can find me at Drone Without Ref on Instagram and that other one. Uh, <laughs> find my my other stuff on ellachesary.weebly.com. Ella C E S A R I dot Weebly dot com. Uh, you can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Check out my other podcast, Mystery Shack Look Back, all about Gravity Falls on PipeDreamPodcast.com. We're on Zencaster and all those other good stuff. What about you, Hope? I am at Hope Lickner on most social media platforms. I think my account on that other one actually got wholesale deleted because I had pronouns in my bio. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't fucking know or care um but you can find me on there i also do uh my other podcast uh high on cartoons uh That's with right. my good good friend bex uh we're currently going through uh ducktales 2017 it's it's a lot of fucking fun we just dropped uh as of the recording of this episode our longest episode ever thanks steven um <laughs> yeah yeah it's a 22-minute television show. We talk about it for two hours and 40 minutes. Fucking amazing. Um, but wow. uh, that's that's where I'm at. All right. Well, then I guess that's a wrap for The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, yes, we made it. <laughs> by the skin of our teeth. Uh, <laughs> ergo, you should concordantly check out the rest of this podcast and look forward to the next episode vis-a-vis -vis The Matrix. See you there. And what's that thing we say at the end? Love, Love is the genesis, genesis of, of everything. everything. Goodbye.